Welcome back to another episode of the Empowering Hope podcast. I'm really excited to be here today with Joe and Lawrence Adams. They are missionaries in Guatemala, and uh, I'll let them share about what they're going to be doing. Uh, clearly, we have not done one podcast a month, and that's what happens when life gets busy. I know for a lot of people, things have slowed down. Uh, not for me. <laughs> things have been quite, quite busy, uh, especially during Easter. There was a lot of video work that needed to be done. So, uh, yeah. So before I start rambling and going on tangents that have nothing to do with what we're talking about, I'm going to go ahead and introduce you to Joe and Lawrence Adams. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Hello. <laughs> so you guys are in Guatemala, right outside of Guatemala City, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Uh, so tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing down there. Sans coronavirus, of course. <laughs> okay. So we are in Guatemala. Um, we were called, called to Guatemala roughly 12 years ago. It took us eight years to get here. Um, we have been obedient, which means nothing has ever been stable. <laughs> we have, um, God has been preparing us for our niche. And I, I believe that we finally found our niche. Uh, we provide services to the missionary and ministry community within Guatemala. My service that I provide is organization and administration for the business side of these ministries. Um, like it or not, ministry does have a business side. It is not all outreach and everything else. And because many missionaries are visionaries, that they are not managers, I come alongside them and try to streamline that management process as simple and as quick as possible so that they don't dread having to do it. With that ministry, I'm currently serving at a missionary, a school for missionary kids in a role where I actually manage all of the volunteers. Now, that doesn't sound like it should be a big deal, except for all of the teaching staff are volunteer. So there are 72 teachers. In addition to any parent volunteers that come on campus through their um, volunteer hour mandatory program that they have. So all of the background checks, all of the documentation that they need is so that we can meet the accreditation and security standards of, of the school and for the International Christian Accreditation Program, because I can't remember the original title. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm very, not necessarily business, but I'm very administrative, very organizational type personality. And God has used that gift. We need people like you because I do not have an administrative bone in my body. So without you, the church would just fall apart. <laughs> Lawrence? And my part of the ministry that I bring to the table is for four years now, mm -hmm. I've been doing automotive repairs for missionaries. Um, I see about five cars a week, sometimes more. And the reason why this is so important is because a lot of the shops here in Guatemala, when they see a missionary, they see someone they can take advantage of. And if it's not that, it's the the work is the work is not performed correctly. And so a lot of times 
uh, there's a lot of return visits and more money and more money. And uh, if if you're a missionary who has one car and that's your way to either your clinic every day, your feeding center, and that car is sitting in a parking lot for three weeks, obviously your your mission is suffering. And yeah. so uh, most of the time I'm able to provide one to two day turnaround on their vehicles with the correct parts and, and the work performed correctly. And I usually um, I usually charge, but just enough to pay for, like, my shop supplies and enough to keep me going, you know, gas to go pick up sure. parts. you got to make a living, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, really what you're doing is you're, you're empowering other ministries to continue doing the work that God has called them to do. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, so you guys are in Guatemala, you're kind of in the big city in Guatemala. What is quarantine life there like right now? What, uh, what are the restrictions? What does that life look like right now? Right now, um, there are grocery stores open and small markets, grocery stores before you can even get in the door. Well, before you walk out your own door, you have to have a face mask. That's a finable offense mandated by the government. So before you walk into the grocery store, only one person per family is allowed. They take your temperature, hand, give you hand sanitizer, and check for your mask. If you don't, if your temperature is high, they take you to the quarantine state centers. Um, there is a mandatory curfew set out by the government as well, where you have to be in your home from 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. every day. If you are caught outside your home, it is jail time or a fine. Um, Do you know anybody who has gotten jail time or a fine yet? Other than the videos that we have seen, no. Not personally. <laughs> if you're caught without a mask, the, the fine is like 7,000 Q, which Wait. I think is around $1,000 American. Yes. They're not, they're not messing around. The, yeah. the borders have been closed. There is no incoming or outbound flights by sea, by land. None of it. Yeah. Right now, there is a travel restriction in between departments, and the departments here are like the counties. So you, right. can, you cannot travel from one county to another, one department to another, without either an emergency situation, medical situation, or having the documentation that's saying that your job requires this, and it has to be from your employer. Okay. So, yeah, I'm not sure what every state's stay-at-home order's been like, but we definitely don't have a, a curfew, at least here in Pennsylvania. But I'm sure if you were out driving around at 1 o'clock in the morning, you might get stopped. Um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so you guys have way harsher restrictions than we do, at least here in Pennsylvania. You know, 4 p.m. to 4 a.m., you said? Yes, yes. The Guatemalan president has been amazing with his leadership and has been extremely proactive um, and, and really cut things off from the beginning. Yeah. We've actually been on stay-at-home orders. Schools have been closed. Public transportation is closed um, for two weeks longer than most of the states. It's helpful the president was a doctor before he became president. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so um, 
this has clearly set your ministry off a bit. Um, what has happened to your ministry? What are the setbacks? Um, and maybe what are some of the positive things that have come out of this? I The work that I do for this, the missionary school right now, I'm actually still doing. I'm just doing it remotely. Uh, we wow. have Zoom meetings. It's not as full-time as what it was. Um, but it's, it's still, it's still going. Um, our daughters are both taking school online. So helping and managing them with their homework loads and any tutoring or questions that they may have throughout the day is still there. I'm, I'm currently during, during this whole process of quarantine and, and also until it ends, I've not been performing car repairs. Um, reason being, about 90% of the places I go for car parts are shut. Mm, yeah. The secondary reason is, and this goes back from the days when I used to detail cars, um, one of the things it's been scientifically proven that the average car only gets like really cleaned out about once a year and usually has more bacteria inside, inside of it than a toilet in a public bathroom. <laughs> So So right now, having everybody bring in their cars just would not be a good thing. And and when you see things like, uh, here's a picture of my truck with like 500 people in a village around it in the middle of coronavirus time. And by the way, can I bring that over tomorrow for some work? I'm no thank you. I'm no thank you. (laughs) My first priority is to my family. Keep my family safe and keep it out of my home. And I can't, I can't do that if I'm inviting it in. Yeah. So what does ministry look like? It, it's taken a different perspective. Um, two weeks ago, we were on, rest- we still had all these restrictions, but we could still gather with 10 people or less. Mm. One of the things that we found is that um, Lawrence's barber shop had closed. But he needed a haircut, <laughs> and so did a bunch of missionaries that we knew. So we contacted his barber, knowing that he wasn't working, and said, Hey, do you want to meet here at this place, and we'll line up clients for you to, to cut their hair? And this is a gentleman that came from the U.S. that Lawrence has been working with, um, he had been struggling initially with loneliness and depression. Um, alcoholism. Causing alcoholism. <laughs> and so we really wanted to to bring a blessing to him. He He's bilingual. And so it, it's, that's what we did. Ministry looked different. We're still yeah. supporting missionaries by providing these haircuts that... People, we don't want them to look like Grizzly Adams when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> He's starting to get there. Yeah, he is starting to get there, but hopefully not for long. In addition to that, being able to bless this Guatemalan gentleman during this time of lack of income, because he still has to pay rent. Right. And I've been reaching out to him and saying, hey, you can, uh, you can watch our church live stream on Sunday. Normally he works on Sundays. I've been trying to get him to come to our church. 
Uh, but but now he's not working, so I send him the link every Sunday, and uh, I don't know if he's joined, if he's looked at it or not. But I just you know you you think maybe after a hard time like this, someone will look back and say, hey, those those Christians, they didn't forget about me. Yeah, that's and, good. And the other thing we did is we asked him, okay, well, how much do you want to charge for the haircut? And it was like half of what I normally pay. I said, well, what we're going to do is we're going to pay what we'd normally pay your shop per cut. And instead of it going to your boss and the bills, it's going to go in your pocket to help you get by. Yeah. So he, he ended up making more in that one day than he probably would have in a week at work. At work. Wow. That's awesome that you guys are able to bless him. And I, and I guess you could say I'm still doing some consulting. I have had a few phone calls. Um. Uh, technical like my car's doing this what should I do you know and I and so right now without even being able to travel to the department that they're in to even check the car out uh, a few of the individuals I'm talking about are technical enough that they can follow the steps I tell them to do yeah. and then and then report back to me and so I'm still available in that way that I'll help them any way I can I just I'm not seeing cars in my garage um, the other there is another blessing that has come out of this and it's we have a woman who services who cleans houses and she has a family of seven including her she has four five kids can't do math right now five kids and her husband and her husband's a mechanic very sweet person very strong christian um family but her husband was out of work and we knew it and so we had contacted her and said, come clean. She was supposed to be here this past Tuesday when all of the lockdowns came down and we weren't able to travel interdepartmental anymore. And she said, my husband's motorcycle's broke. He's fixing it, but I'm, I can't come to where you are because we're in two different departments. I said, you know what? That's probably for the better, but let's leave it alone. And I'll, do you have a bank account I can transfer money into for you because we have the money set aside for her um anyway so i wanted to make sure that they had enough to cover their expenses even through the lack of work because many guatemalans are day-to-day living so if they don't work that day they don't eat that night um and and she is pretty good about saving her money or hiding it from Everybody who wants to go to the tienda <laughs> in her house <laughs> so that they can eat the next day. She's forward thinking, and, and that doesn't always happen yeah. when you live day to day. So one thing that I have seen is that there are some missionaries who are still kind of going out and still doing the same thing. And they're not necessarily obeying quarantine rules. Um, have you guys seen any of that in Guatemala? Um, and what what would your response be to that? Well, my response is, actually, we've seen a lot of it. Um, and it's hard not to get angry when you see some of the posts on Facebook. Um, because we feel like we're doing the responsible thing here. Given, given that there's a... There's a percentage of the population here who believes that foreigners brought it in, the virus. And 
whether or not it's from Europe or United States, we're all white. So they already have a negative opinion of foreigners because of that fact they think that we brought it here. And I, the government has asked us to do one thing, and that's to stay home. And I feel like as, as a missionary in, an, in another country where this is not my home country, the least, the least I can do is, is do what the government's asking me to do to help them control this. Right. And, you know, we have one shot to get this correct. Something like this hasn't happened for five, six generations, if not more. Yeah. So we have, we have one shot to get this right. And then there are, there are people who think that, that hunger is a bigger priority than preventing the spread of the virus. And so you see things like, today I'm going to five new villages I haven't been to before. And if you've ever if you've ever traveled to a village and you're showing up to deliver supplies, it usually turns into a mad mob and there's no social distancing whatsoever. Yeah. And so, while you're providing food, you might be providing a virus to a new village. Right. Because you picked it up from the first or second village that you went to. You yeah. just you just don't know. Right. And so I think everybody should be really careful about what they're doing right now. And and some are. Some are really taking a lot of precautions. And some are not. It's just usual life in the day of day in the life of a missionary. Yeah. Um have you guys been able to rest yourselves um at all during this? We've been able to take naps when we want them. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, none of us are good at sleeping in. So, like six, six thirty rolls around in the morning, and we're awake, and we hate that yeah. because we don't really have to be up that early. <laughs> <laughs> we are enjoying the extra time with with family. I, I don't know how many times uh, that things have been so busy and crazy. I don't know if I had a legitimate conversation with any of my family members that week, and just sitting down and asking God for time for things to slow down a little bit. Yeah. And so, while I don't like the package, the blessing came in. It's still a blessing. Sure. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, One of the things that I've been saying is that it's okay to not do anything. Um, I just taught recently on Sabbath and the importance of taking at least one day a week to rest. Um, As you know, many Christians don't do that, and they just throw it off like it doesn't exist anymore. Um, but it's still, biologically, we need rest. So, you know, our bodies need time to rest. Um, what would you say to other missionaries who are maybe struggling with, you know, they, they feel the need like they have to do something right now, but they also know that they shouldn't? Um, what would you say to those missionaries? Sit on your hands. Now's a really good now's a really good time to work on that honey do list. <laughs> if you really need something to do. I mean, there's so many things that we can if you feel like you have to work that you can do inside of your home. You can work on that honey do list. You can communicate with your supporters. You can catch up on the million and a half 
paperwork bookkeeping backlog stuff that you've been putting off. Um, we just talked about how dirty the average car car is. It's a good time to clean your car. Good time to sanitize. Good time to sanitize your car. But it's okay to be, just to be. Yeah. It, it it's necessary. Missionary life is different. It's not your day to day grind where you're going to work, you're coming home, you're going to work, coming home. You're in a foreign country. You're away from your family, 90% of your family. And ministry isn't 8 to 4, 8 to 5, 9 to 5, whatever. It's not a set clock. So to be able to remove yourself and let your body rejuvenate, let your mind rejuvenate, let your, more importantly, let your soul rejuvenate and that connection with God to grow stronger, this is your opportunity. Don't waste it. I just, I can't imagine how much of a blessing it must be for so many missionaries who have been going for decades and have never been able to really stop and rest and for them to finally be able to say, I don't have to do anything right now. I can just be. Um, I feel like it's got to be at least maybe not necessarily a burden off their shoulders or off of your shoulders, but at least some sort of, um, I don't know, I keep trying to figure out the right words here, but I'll let you guys talk so I don't sound like an idiot anymore. (laughs) I am sure that there are those missionaries that feel like they have to prove to their sponsors. But the reality is, is the proof that you need to provide is that you are obeying God's law and you are obeying the law of the government of your host country. And I think that that's most responsible and, and the best thing that we can do, you can still have communications with your sponsors. Yeah. Your sponsors are going through this too. This is not right. isolated to one country. Yeah. It's worldwide. So there should be, should be grace and mercy and understanding coming from your sponsors as well. Yeah. You don't have anything to no. prove. You're not Superman. Right. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to say or communicate that you didn't? There's a lot of speculation about where the virus came from. There's a lot of there's a lot of talk, political talk about who didn't do what fast enough. And we know there's a lot of mistruths out there. So, as what we have to do as Christians is to to be objective. And to pray, and to pray, and to ask God what the real truth is. It's important because there there's so much misinformation going around every single day. And there's a lot of junk that Christians are believing too. And they're spreading that misinformation. And it's only making things worse. And oh, Okay, so my thought was, the real truth <laughs> is, the real truth here with this virus is that even though people are dying, God's still in control. And we're not supposed to fear because God is in control. And we're not supposed to worry about tomorrow because God's already in tomorrow. And that's the kind of truth that we ought to be spreading. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me and for 
giving me a little bit of an update about what's going on in Guatemala. I'm sure there are at least some people on my end, probably a good many of your supporters, although you guys just sent out an email this week, uh, right? So uh, hopefully some of your supporters can hear from you guys uh, what's been going on there. But, um, yeah, thank you so much for joining and uh, look forward to seeing you guys again. Thank you.